Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, June 28th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. And just like that, gold is above $1,400 per ounce. Think about this. Just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about gold struggling to break through the key $1,300 level. It just goes to show how fast things can change in the markets. And think about this. Nothing really substantive has happened. We had a Fed meeting where the central banks didn't do anything. Rates remained unchanged. Just a little hint of a rate cut has sent gold surging upward. Imagine what this is going to look like when people realize there's a recession on and the Fed starts quantitative easing. Gold pushed to a six-year high earlier this week, edging close to 1450 before some profit-taking and Powell comments and trade war stuff put a damper on the rally. Gold has gained 8.3% this month, and it's on track for the biggest monthly gain since June 2016. It's also on pace for its sixth straight weekly rise. The biggest news out there, and I know this is going to be a big shocker, is the trade war. All eyes are going to be on meetings between Trump and China's president today and tomorrow. Earlier in the week, stocks got a boost and gold's rally came to a halt when Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said a deal was about 90% done. But today, eh, a little less optimism. The Chinese have reportedly told Trump that they are ready to settle the trade war, but they have laid out several conditions, including lifting sanctions on Chinese telecommunications giant Huawei. Analysts don't seem to think Trump's going to be too keen on conditions. And with Trump's blustering personality, eh, probably right. White House economic advisor Larry Kudlow said on Thursday that Trump had agreed to no preconditions for the meeting. But really, who knows? My prediction is that we will alternatively be on the verge of the end of the trade war and in danger of escalating the trade war about 437 times over the next two days. Meanwhile, Fed Chair Jerome Powell gave a speech this week, and honestly, he really didn't say, well, he didn't say much at all. Some people took his comments to imply there might not be a rate cut in July, and that was a big reason for gold sell-off over the last two days. Powell did seem to be trying to dampen expectations a little bit, but he reiterated that the Fed is no longer being patient. Powell said, since the beginning of the year, we had been taking a patient stance toward assessing the need for any policy change. We now state that the committee will closely monitor the implications of incoming information for the economic outlook and will act as appropriate to sustain the expansion with a strong labor market and inflation near its symmetric 2% objective. So we had been patient, now eh, not so much. This is pretty much exactly what the FOMC said after its meeting last week. You know, it's funny how the markets can take the same exact words in a completely different direction, depending on their mood. Powell also wanted to let everybody know that, by God, he is not about to be pushed around by President Trump. He spent a good chunk of his speech reiterating the political independence of the Fed. Of course, we all know this is utter BS. The Fed is the quintessential political institution, but it likes to maintain this myth of being above the fray. Powell said the Fed is insulated from short-term political pressures, what is often referred to as our independence. 
All right, Jerome, keep telling yourself that, you know, whatever helps you sleep at night. You know, Trump doesn't seem to give two wits about the central bank's alleged independence. He continued attacking Powell the next day, saying he, quote, made Powell. He also said he'd rather have European Central Bank President Mario Draghi. Of course, the ECB has been ahead of the curve on easy money. Draghi's already talking about more quantitative easing in the Eurozone. Trump wants that easy money gravy train here in the good old USA. What he really wants is for the bubbles to stay inflated until after the 2020 election. He also knows big, fat, ugly bubbles need air blown into them by the Fed. That's what this is all about. Anyway, in his Fox Business interview, Trump said Powell is, quote, sucking money like from a vacuum cleaner. Trump was referring to the fact that the Fed is shedding holdings of Treasury bonds. And, I mean, he's right. This isn't exactly good news for a free-spending federal government. It needs all of the bond buyers it can get since it has to fund massive deficits. Now, last week I talked about the fact that China is dumping bonds. The last thing Trump needs is his own central bank pushing up the supply of treasuries out there on the open market. Of course, I don't think he's going to have to worry about that much longer because I think QE is around the corner. Anyway, I have to admit, I find it amusing that the President of the United States runs around acting like a middle school bully. I mean, he really does. Listen to what he said of Powell. Here's a guy nobody ever heard of him before, and now I made him, and he wants to show how tough he is. You know, I kind of expect Powell to reply, uh, Yeah, oh yeah, Trump, meet me behind the football stadium after fifth period. That might be more fun than politics, really. <laughs> Let these guys slug it out. Anyway, I don't know if this has any real impact on Powell or not. I mean, honestly, if it was me, I'd probably be tempted to keep rates where they are just to spite Trump. But I really think it's the markets that are driving the Fed's decisions. Powell wants to keep the bubbles inflated too, and that's what's going to dictate the bank's actions. And I think that means cuts sooner rather than later. Now, if this is all about data, well, the employment outlook is starting to look just a tad shaky. U.S. jobless benefit claims rose last week, according to the data released on Thursday. Initial weekly claims rose by 10,000 to a seasonally adjusted 227,000. This was worse than analysts were projecting. And probably more significant as far as the Fed goes is the fact that revised first quarter figures indicated price inflation was weaker than Wall Street expected. Both of these data points support the Fed's case for a rate cut. I actually saw a few reports saying some analysts are now expecting three rate cuts before the end of the year. Think about that a second, how much it's changed since just last fall. To me, that's basically full-blown panic mode. What's weird is that the pundits seem certain that the Fed is going they're going to go into easy money mode just like they would during a recession, but nobody seems at all concerned about the state of the economy. In fact, a lot of people are still calling the U.S. economy strong. It's like they see these cuts as some kind of preventative medicine. They're going to prevent the bust with a few rate cuts. They're going to keep the air flowing into the bubbles. But if you look at history, it doesn't work that way. When the Fed starts cutting, the economy is generally crashing. I wrote an article that I published over on the Shift Gold blog, shiftgold.com news, this past week that gives a really concise overview of how the Fed wrecks the economy over and over and over. I'll link to it on the show notes page. One thing that's really interesting is to look at the movement of Fed rates along with the boom bust starting back in the 1980s. 
I laid this all out in the article, but just consider the years leading up to the 2008 crash. After the dot-com bubble burst, Alan Greenspan pushed rates all the way down to 1% in June 2003. From there, the central bank pushed rates up until they got to a high of 5.25%. Now, we always talk about the crash of 2008, right? So you might expect that interest rates started going down then, that that's when the Fed took action. Nope. The first rate cut of the Great Recession was in September 2007, and there was a pause at 5.25% that lasted for over a year. So rate cuts started happening before the actual crash. Just a little food for thought. I've talked about declining gold production in South Africa before on this podcast. South Africa was once the world's number one gold producer, and now it's, I think it's eighth. More significantly, analysts believe that at current production levels, South Africa only has 39 years of accessible gold reserves left. Well, South Africa isn't alone in declining gold production. I saw a little blurb today saying Nevada is also running out of gold. According to this report, Nevada's annual gold production is down 40% since 1998, and reserves totaling less than 20 years of current annual production remain. Now, of course, this doesn't preclude new discoveries or advances in technology that will allow miners to access more difficult-to-reach gold deposits, but it underscores the fact that it's getting harder and more expensive to mine gold. Gold production globally has been plateauing for the last several years. There's been a significant drop in the discovery of new deposits. Some analysts even believe we may be at or near peak gold. That's the point where the amount of gold mined out of the earth will begin to shrink every year instead of increase. While we focus on the latest political theater and central bank policy when it comes to gold, it's also important to keep an eye on the fundamentals, supply and demand. Analysts say the gold industry may well be entering a long-term and possibly irreversible period of less available gold. As mining companies find it more difficult to pull gold out of the earth, it will mean less gold for refiners to produce for the consumer market. It can be really challenging to keep up with all of the factors impacting the precious metals markets. It's easy to get tunnel vision and get caught up in the latest news of the day and miss important factors. A shift gold precious metal specialist can help you make sense of everything and put all of these factors into their proper place and into perspective. Give a shift gold precious metal specialist a call today at 1-888-GOLD-160. That's 1-888-GOLD-160. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. And if you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. If you are a subscriber, you know that we just released a new It's Your Dime interview. I talked with Mary Ruart, who is a libertarian author and activist. We talked a lot about regulations, about how the government is regulating you to death. But we didn't just talk about how awful the government is. We talked about what you can do about it. And concrete steps that are being taken. So you'll definitely want to check that out. Like I said, if you're a subscriber on iTunes, you've already got that downloaded. If not, I will link to the interview on the show notes page. Really appreciate you listening to the show. I hope you have a great weekend and I'll talk to you next time.